The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. That Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for denarius a day, that he sent them into his vineyard. And and going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right that I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idly all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. So he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, that they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. That did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go, that I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you, that am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Today we turn our attention to the word of our Lord as found in Matthew chapter 20. The grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I have a confession. It's not fair. His peace is bigger than mine. It's not fair. I was playing with that first. That it's not fair. That all I do is get stuck cleaning these stinky toilets while all he has to do is clean his room. It's not fair that I follow the rules, I listen in class, I do my homework, and all he does is mess around and cause trouble, and he always gets better grades than me. It's not fair that I do everything by the book. I work nights, I work weekends, and she's the one getting the promotion. It's not fair. That's the very reality that too many times we have heard in our lives. Has anyone here ever said, it's not fair? Are you willing to admit it? You probably are quite capable of saying, yeah, those people that do that. I mean, come on. But are we willing to admit that too often we find ourselves calling out the unfairnesses in life, the things that are there that go against our will, against our plan, against the way of what we think is just, we think is right, we think is fair and fitting. 
But that's what Jesus, that master storyteller, does today. That he wraps us up into these questions of justice and rightness and all of that fairness that is there. So in the midst of the account that Jesus shares with us today, that where do you find yourself identifying with one of these characters? Do you find yourself identifying with the caring, the compassionate, the generous master who simply can't help himself, that he is just so good and so wise that he just can't help but share out of all his abundance? Or do you identify the workers, who all you're asking for is simply someone to recognize my hard work, my own fair share of pay of what I have earned. That simple idea of simply pay me what I am doing. That if we have any questions of probably where our loyalties lie, Let me go ahead and throw out another story. So let's just imagine that you are the one who gets there to work every day at 7 a.m. You work every day until 7 p.m. That too often it is not just Monday through Fridays, but it is also nights and weekends that you find yourself there slavering, slaving and working away. And then there's Joe, your boss's son. You're lucky if he shows up by about 10 o'clock, but more often he rolls in coming up on 11. And then there's lunch, and then there's this, and then there's that. And then when he decides, well, I've put in a good day and leaves at 4 p.m., you begin to boil. (laughs) That what is fair amidst this? that generous and giving, or that fact of I simply want what is owed, what is deserved, what is just, what is right. That fairness, fairness is highly touted in our society today. I mean, you just ask. Ask any parent, ask any teacher, Ask any little league coach or anything else of whether they've ever been lectured on what is fair. (laughs) And be ready, because I'm sure that they are going to share some stories of some disgruntled children and some disgruntled parents that just simply were unhappy that it just isn't fair how they are being treated. That we like things to be equal to be reasonable, to be predictable, plain and simple. We want things fair. But the problem is, is that we often only complain it's not fair when we are the ones that are feeling that we are being cheated. Like we're the ones who are being shortchanged or left out. It's only in those times that we raise our voice and say it. See, I love conversations of fairness. A number of years ago in confirmation classes that I did a little bit of an experiment, kind of like our children's message today. We had a conversation about fairness, and so I began off before ever talking about what we were going to talk about. I started doling out candy. 
That here's a bite for you, and here's a piece for you, and here's a couple for you, and then I came to one girl, and I piled this whole pile into her hands that it was just spilling out. And what did I hear from everyone else in the room? She did not say this. <laughs> from everyone else. Hey, that's not fair. I started to talk about that fairness. Is it fair that God has given different gifts to different people? Is it fair that we have different things in the midst of this life? Is it fair that God provides both for the wicked and for the good out of his abundance and care? Is it fair that God continues to give generously both to the thankful and the unthankful, those who are faithful and those who are not? Is that we had this like 15-minute conversation about fairness. We talked all about God's generosity, his care, his goodness, his greatness, his love, his compassion, how he calls us to share of that very gift with others. And it was, I thought, a really good 15-minute conversation. And so after our conversation about fairness, I thought, well, I should probably be fair. And I started redistributing the candy. And so that girl that I took so much away from that I let her keep a couple of extra pieces because she was really feeling that brunt. But what did I hear from across the room when I let her have a few more extra pieces? Hey! <laughs> That's not fair. That's the point! <laughs> That's what I've just been talking about. And yet, what is it that we see? We spend so much of our lives demanding, demanding that everything be fair, but is there such a thing? See, we live our lives in the vineyard. That just as those workers found themselves called at different times, sent with different gifts, doing different things, and yet what do we see? We see that they are always comparing, always contrasting, always grumbling, always complaining of all the things that they see going on. That we live in a world that insists on winners and losers. I don't think that there's many football fans that are going to be going to games later on today and say, I hope for a really good time. <laughs> no. We find ourselves too often in this world, even in times when we find ourselves getting into an argument and realizing that we're wrong, but that doesn't stop us from continuing to argue as if we were right. Too often this world is all about winners and losers. It's about what I get, what I deserve, is that life in this vineyard is a place where everything is this for that. I put in my effort and I get my reward. You do your thing and I'll do mine. That living in a place that is based upon our hard work and how you labor can be tiring and wearying and ultimately leaves us feeling empty. Because there's always someone who has a little more than you. Always somebody else who you might say, that's not fair. 
Life in the vineyard can get pretty tired. But life with the master, life with the master is entirely different. See, we spend so much of our times focusing more on our standing with one another and less thinking about our standing before the one and the only that it matters that our standing might be. See, too often we think that Jesus and his scriptures are just teaching us how to live better lives, how to live more moral lives. Jesus isn't teaching us good morals today but he is teaching us a moral story. What do I mean by that? See, I love the story of this mother who found herself one day making pancakes for her little boys. So Kevin was five and Ryan was three, and there these excited boys waited for that first golden brown pancake to be done, and they did what little boys do they began to argue and bicker of who was going to be the first one to get it. And mom grew tired of it. And seeing that chance to teach them a little moral lesson, she said, you know what? If Jesus was here, that he would have said that all wait, I'll let my brother have the first pancake. At that point, five-year-old Kevin said to his little brother, Ryan, you be Jesus, and I'll have the first pancake. That Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick that who can understand it? We think we want justice in this life. Too often we want payback. We think we want fairness, but more often we simply want our fair share. Then when we stop to think about what it means of life with a master who comes to us today in Isaiah and proclaims, that my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, for they are higher and bigger and better. And what do I mean by that? That seek me while I may be found. Call upon me while I am near. Return to the Lord and I will abundantly forgive and I will freely pardon. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither are his ways our ways. That it was not fair that Christ Jesus had to die. That in all of the scriptures, if anyone deserved not to die, it was him. And yet he is the one who went to a cross for you me, that he is the one who went to that very place where others mocked and spit and hit and kicked, and yet he prayed, Father, forgive them. Life isn't fair, but that's a good thing. For the beauty of grace is that it makes life not 
fair? That do we truly want God to treat us with fairness? Do we truly desire that God would simply give us what we deserve? Did the thief upon the cross simply cry out, Jesus, give me what I earned? Did the apostle Peter, who denied him three times and so many times had tripped over himself and messed up, did he cry out, Jesus, just be fair? Did Paul Say, God, remember all of those years and treat me as I deserve for all of those years that I persecuted you and your church. They did not cry out for fairness. They cried out for grace. Why? Because grace comes where it is not deserved. Grace comes where it is not earned, where it is not somehow Something that it is fair that we receive. But the beauty of grace is this. That Christ meets us where we need him most. That in his generosity, in his love, in his goodness, that he pours it all out for us. That we may look at the cross and say it's not fair. But it brings us to tears for a different reason. That it is not fair that my Lord had to die for me. But I will live my life out of the joy, out of the generosity, out of the goodness and the grace of what God has given me in this very act. That may he turn my grumbling into praising. May he turn my complaining into thanksgiving. For he is the one who gives us that blessed assurance that his generosity knows no bounds. And that is our mission. That is our calling. That is who God has made us to be as a church, that we might rejoice, whether it is the first hour or the last hour of their lives, that we might bring a word of grace. That we may be a people that are engaging people in Christ as we continue to connect and learn and care and serve. This This is what our God has called us to. And so may he continue to grant us that life that can enjoy his peace this day and every day, that it may guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.